listening to all you guys with the, the analytics stuff and, and thanks for Brian and Kyle saying what you said, you know, and I think it really is a balance between analytics and common sense is why you can have all the numbers in the world, but you can look at somebody. I think, you know, everybody on this screen can kind of tell what the heck's going to happen before it's going to happen, despite, you know, some of the, num- what some of the numbers tell you. And, and Kyle, I did not hack game changer. I, I just kind of borrowed it a little bit. So uh, I don't need anybody uh, showing up at my door here at negative 17 degrees. <laughs> trying to have a conversation with me here about what uh, I did. So borrowed. Uh, That's the yeah, new word borrowed. Borrowed it for just reused. a little bit. But you know, got it. You know, yeah, Justin you mentioned it. something that was really good, I thought, you know, which was you want all the info on your opponents that you can possibly have. And and I'm one heck of an information person. I mean, I will take all the information I can get, break it down into what makes logical sense and then try to use it. And, and Scott, I'm going to go to you here. You know, in playing your teams, we found out very quickly, you better expect the unexpected. And if you don't know it's coming, you're going to get an education in unorthodox baseball very fast here. And you better be smart enough to figure out how to stop it or you're going to get run out of the building and, and made it a, you know, get on the bus and go, yeah, we just, we just got out coached. And so I'm curious, how do you get your kids – to do some of the stuff you do at the high level that you do? Well, it kind of started out of necessity. Um, you know, we've always been one of the smallest schools in the largest class. And uh, I quickly figured out, I knew some about pitching. I didn't know much about hitting when I first became a head coach. And uh, so I quickly figured out that if we could could pitch with some people and then just do some unique things on offense, uh, that we would always kind of have a chance. Um, and I've picked up a little bit of this from football. You know, I, I used to play high school football and we would spend like a Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday going over somebody's swinging gate play and they might run it once a game. And, and I thought, man, we're devoting a lot of time to this unique formation. And so then I just started thinking, what if we had seven or eight or nine unique things that we do uh, that makes everybody else prepare for us? Um, and we're able to, to do those things. And then the other thing that really gives us an advantage is, you know, we have a, a youth organization that goes down to T-ball. And so and all of our guys pretty much join us starting in seventh grade in the summer. And so the stuff that seems weird to other people is just how we do everything. And so by the time you get to be a senior, you know, you've played baseball a certain way for 500, 600 games and somebody else has only seen it a handful of times it gives you a, a huge advantage. And so um, a lot of it was out of necessity. I mean, to be, to be honest, last year, uh, we were going to be, I mean, it was the best team I ever had. Uh, we were going to not have to do too much stuff that would be seen out of the norm. Uh, this year, we'll probably go back to that stuff. Uh, we are a small town. You know, all of our kids live like around the corner from my house. Uh, you know, so I've known these kids forever. Uh, we, we get an opportunity to, to maybe be around them a lot and to develop a way of thinking that is maybe unique to us. Uh, most of our kids play with us in the summer. Um, you know, we're, we're around each other every day. So uh, some of that stuff does give us some advantages. And so I kind of looked at it, things that we were disadvantaged in and said, how can we turn those into advantages? And so we have done some different things with the way we hold runners on, some of the base stealing stuff we do. Uh, some of that's been a little bit different. You know, Ash, I'm going to have you get in on this too. Because Scott, this is, this is an all due respect to you. We started calling this specific play Willard. And and I'll let Brian tell the story. It because of how much we had to practice this thing, it won us the freaking state championship game. Brian, go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> well, I'll never forget. So, 2016, Scott, I think we were playing you at uh, Missouri Southern, I believe, in a sectional game. And we knew you liked to do the balk play with runner on third. We knew, we knew, and it's it's great. We actually started using it. We won some games in the in the River City Festival uh, by that, which was awesome because Kansas coaches they, they never prepare for that stuff. So, and I got I got buddies that coach in Kansas. So, no offense, I'm just messing with Brad Stoll. Um, anyway, um, I actually would get like we ran offensively. I mean, I just I just kind of held my. I did a W with my right here on my chest. And that's our, our whole team knew that's okay. It's a Willard play. All right, let's go. Let's go. But I'll never forget. We threw a lefty JT Vulcan against you. And I'm like, God dang, this is the worst situation we could have with a lefty on the mound. So I'm like, so I had a call and like, we literally practice it like over and over and over. And I had a call. And so when he would look at me, I, I gave a signal and he would just step off. We would just step off. We look, we quick pitch. We do everything we could just to make sure you all didn't run it. And uh, thankfully you were being nice. I don't think you uh, wanted to embarrass me too bad. So I don't think you did it. Uh, but anyway, we won the state championship that way. Uh, I think it was, well, I think we, you know, there's nobody out bases loaded yeah. and we, we get a comebacker and uh, we roll a, 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 a one, two, three double play. And then the very next pitch or right before the pitch, they take off and, kid calm and cool just steps off throws it home getting a run down get the out but and we 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 made the comment on the way back on the bus trip we're like thank god for willard and thank god for scott mcgee because it's something that we, we really did for that three that two three year stretch man it was like and kyle can tell you like kyle look at me like dude seriously how long are we going to do this i'm like until we don't ever mess it up and it can't confuse anybody and we had one kid that would screw it up every time Joe, poor Joe, Joseph. And, uh, but anyway, we're, we're like, if Joseph's in the game, we were in trouble. That's what we kind of came down to. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, Scott, I, I've always, you are very difficult to prepare for with your teams and the way you guys get off the bags and do some things. And uh, I know Justin's team really challenged us just because we got tired of them stealing bags, double steals, delay, like just all that stuff. It just got, it got old, man. We were like, and we, and we weren't really that prepared. I mean, we thought we were, but when we look at it, we weren't. So, you know, for, for you guys coaching against all you guys, Dave's teams and, you know, Tony's there in the state championship game that one year, but uh, I, I know it made all three of us that were together. Just, it made us hunker down and figure things out. So I'll tell you what, when I played Scott, he had a lot of guys on third during that game. So I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack just worrying when it was going to happen. And we practiced for it, and I thought, we, we spent all that time practicing, and my pitcher's going to throw it to the backstop. He's just going to – he'll probably do it right, but then throw it away because he's so worried about looking for it, for it to come. But uh, uh, hats off to you, Scott. You, you, you make a lot of us real, real nervous uh, before we play. So <laughs> that's good stuff. Scott, who was the uh, who was the kid? I remember we had all shifted over to the left-hand side, kind of like Justin was talking about, and homeboy hit it on the roof of the house out there. Oh, Can't that's Spencer Johnson. That, oh, was that who that was? Or no, that's part, no, that, no, that was part of you. Huh? It was a big first baseman you had at one point, I think, Scott. Real big first baseman DH kid. Uh, how long ago was that? Oh, was it uh, Jed Owen? 
Yes. 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 We had it all planned out, had everybody yep. over there, and he hit it. <laughs> yes. That was called Shade Tiger, if I remember right, JR. That's old Ron Cole football reference. Hey, and I do want to thank everybody for bringing Munson up. And, and so I had to listen about Munson again. He hit a ball against us in the Final Four. I, I don't think it's come down. It's still in orbit. That thing reached space. That our kids at Staley, even the – I mean, they still talk about – even kids that uh, were young at that time that were just at the game, they still talk about how far that ball was hit. Yeah, so I love reliving that moment. I do. That's the reason. That's the reason why Hickman got a new uh, pool. Sal Balfonte knocked a hole in it one time when we were playing them, and uh, they had to go ahead and just remodel. So that's our claim to fame. We gave a guy that ball was hit. I bet 150 miles an hour. Sal Balfonte, y'all remember that kid's name? He was wow. So I feel you there, Dave. I feel you. Well then. I love all that talk about what you got to prepare for. Now Coach McGee's going to be like, oh, these guys know it's coming. Maybe we shouldn't do it. They got to come up with something else. So we might have ruined it for them. But that's going to segue into my next question. And I'm a geek when it comes to sports and stuff like this. So I'm always thinking about what rules can you change for the game itself, right? So I'll tell you mine for baseball. You're all going to look at me like I'm really stupid. It's okay. It's not going to affect me one bit. I think that if you leave 10 runners on base and you can't score them, they should take a run away from you. Okay. So if you can't get them around, sucks to be you, man, we're going to take a run away. So I'm interested to hear from you guys who've, who've done a lot more baseball than me. What rule would you like to have changed? And it can't be coach McGee's. We're going to make you balk. It can't be that one because we all know that that one, that one's already up there, but what rule would you like to change? Let's start with coach P. What do you think? I think the one rule that I, bugs me, and I understand why it's in there, is the pitch count thing they went through a few years ago. There are some guys that I'm sure abuse that, but most guys do not. You know, I, I don't like the rules. You know, I, you got to follow them because everybody's keeping track of how many pitches you know they're doing that kind. Of, and nobody can go over 105. You know, some kids could throw 140 and be fine. You know, just you got to know your, your guys, you know, are they, you know, in shape? Can they throw that many pitches? Blah, blah, blah. But uh, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, I, I've never abused a kid in my, in my whole career, but now it, it stopped me from doing a bullpen day in a game because of the pitch count rules. You know, if they throw on, on a Wednesday, it's hard for me if they're over 75, whatever that number is. I can't throw him an inning or two on Saturday, which I'd like to, you know, to, you know get a little, he's going to be throwing a bullpen anyway, you know, and, and we can't do that. You know, I, I, I don't, I understand why it's in because people do let kids out there for 200 pitches. It's going to hurt a kid. I understand that one. Um, I think that needs to be looked at. Fair enough. Coach Tao, what do you got? Uh, I, mine, I think is maybe what's coming down the road um, in our playoffs. You know, number one, our playoff, format is the worst of any sport in the state of Missouri and probably the whole Midwest. Um, why we don't look at what Tennessee does or some of these other states is absolutely beyond me. But, you know, if, if 
I think it was softball this year, and I, and I don't know that baseball is going to go to it. I mean, you may get, you know, instead of a sectional and a quarterfinal game, if they just take that down to one game, well, then, you know, if I've got to go uh, play Tony and he's got, you know, those dudes that he's got this year, they can all throw the same game. They can just split the game 2-2-2-2 two, 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 and, you know, and, and you basically, you know, have zero chance to having that sectional and that quarterfinal day apart. you got to have at least two arms. Um, to get through something like that. And um, I would just like to see our play mat, our playoff format change overall, um, you know, make it more like kind of the college to where, you know, we have a four team than a best out of three and, you know, or some kind of double limit, you know, something. Um, but, you know, I think we get the least amount percentage wise of teams in the playoff of any of the sports in, uh, in the state of Missouri. And I, I'd like to see that change a little bit. Nice. Coach Wilson. Yeah, I, I agree with Justin 100%. And nobody lived it uh, worse than what I lived it a few years ago. I mean, we went in and played a Park Hill South team um, that beat us. And uh, it was a all-state kid that was absolutely just a stud. And we were 31-1 and one at the time. And, I mean, boy, it hurt. And you're having one of those magical seasons. And, you know, you still got to win the game. So, I, I – they beat us, and uh, but it's just tough. Our playoffs, the sport is not designed for a one-game scenario. It's just not. You know, that's why in college you have the College World Series. You have regionals. You, uh, playoffs in Major League Baseball, you have series. You have the World Series, the playoff series. You know, it's not designed for that. It's designed to, to make a team get deep into their pitching staff and – and uh, may the best team come out and win. And I think playoff system has to be revamped. Can I jump in on this one? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was on Missouri Advisory Board a few years ago, well, more like eight or nine years ago. And I went around to all the states, you know, like uh, Coach Ty was talking about, the Mississippi, Tennessee, whatever. And, and I, I, I went to the mission with this and said, okay, this is what other states are doing. And, and then – that year we got the bonus games and something else. Got, oh, we added the fifth class that year. So we got something accomplished at that point in time. But my premise was to do like the college was saying. We'll, we'll say that too, in the pods. And if you, you do it right, it's almost less games because you don't have to travel as much. You're playing the double headers and, and you, you bang them out. You could be done and you move on. And, and uh Eric Briggs had it all written down perfectly. He's so much smarter than I am, but it, he was on it. And it was just such a great deal. And they won't listen to this. I think it gets to the end of the year. I think administrators don't want to mess with baseball no more. I don't think they want to, uh, you know, make up the rainouts. They want to cash it in. The year's going to be over instead of doing what's best for high school baseball in Missouri. Well said. I could add, if I could add something real quick on that, um, so when we, we would go to Arizona uh, during spring break, the one interesting thing that I learned down in Arizona is their small class and their big class operated differently, okay, in the playoffs. And um, But when I was on the advisory board, like Tony was talking about, they wouldn't even entertain anything. I mean, I brought it up and they said, don't even ask. And uh, But the thing about it is, is, a lot of times that stuff's voted down by maybe some schools that might not have the pitching staffs that could, could go deep into a playoff. And really, it, they both operate differently. 
Um, you know, a 1A school and a class five school is, uh, it's totally different um, as far as the depth goes and stuff. So I, I just, I've actually told Misha that I feel like, you know, you need to look into that, that uh, if, if, if that class, if those classes, maybe class two and up can support that or three and up, then it's something we need to, to do. But I think Tony's right. I think they get to the end of the year and uh, they don't want to mess with it. And let's be honest, how many baseball coaches, former baseball coaches are principals and superintendents and athletic directors? Uh, I think that's why it never, never gets changed. I've got a rule and it's not really a rule like within the game. And I think it's been discussed. Me and Dave were talking about the other day. I'd like to see I, – I, I want to have some kind of preseason time restriction of – not restriction – of three hours a week that you can actually practice your kids because I'm tired of trying to cram everything in in a two- to three-week period, and then you wonder why kids are hurt. Well, if I've got a three-sport athlete and I can never use them because they're in season all of the time, and – you know, you certainly have open gyms, but we're so – it's that gray area all the time. I'm tired of the gray area because I know the people in St. Louis are cheating their asses off, pardon me, and they're practicing all the time, right, Tony? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but but people are people are using it differently. I, I I use it. We have open fields. My guys are throwing bullpens. I, I mean, my 80 no, – I mean, I'm not – I'm upfront and honest, but I'm smart enough to just not sit there and just instruct, instruct, instruct. Because I do, I mean, being in the backyard too, Justin can attest to it. Uh, Dave could back in the day. It's just, you feel like you're a little bit more, the microscope's on you a little bit more. So um, I would like to see something like that. Like say it's a, an eight week period, like leading up to your season where like you have three hours a week, do whatever you want with those guys. You can actually coach your kids. And then I could set a time aside and do it for all, like all sports. But then that just creates something where you have to work with all the coaches in your school. We we'll have to work with the football guy, we we'll work with the basketball guy. You're gonna have to come to common common ground in agreement. And I think it could work. And I know I know it's been discussed. It's but I I do feel like that is super super important because I just feel like we're all just we're doing these open gyms and some are doing maybe a little bit more. Some have indoor facilities they can do a little bit more. I'm blessed with one, so we're able to utilize that. But some people don't. So how don't in order for me to get gym time, I may have to go at six o'clock in the morning. But if you're nobody's going to want to do it now, if you know you have practice, those kids are going to be there. And, that, and that's the difference. So right now, open gyms are they are what they are. So. I love it. Kyle, what do you got? Um, I agree with everybody and mine's going to be uh, contact days in the summer. Um, just, I don't quite understand, um, why we're taking that away from, you know, coaching our kids and being able to have to try to schedule, you know, workouts, you know, in the mornings and then try to play a, a league game in the, in the night. And then on weekends we're, we're traveling. Um, I mean, you just gotta be really careful on what you're doing, but, um, I think the contact days in the summer, I don't think there really should be a, a limit. I mean, if guys want to coach their kids and, and get them through workouts and do what they got to do, let them do it. Um, and, 
you know, there's multiple kids, they, they play multiple sports, you know, work it out with the coaches. Um, you know, you got a football, baseball kid, um, you know, talk to the coach, um, be men about it and, and figure out, you know, what priority is. And, you know, if, if you got practice, you know, two days or whatever they're doing for football during the week, and then, you know, weekends are playing baseball, whatever it is. But I think the contact days needs to be changed. Well, this is this is where we needed Coach Wyrick here because we're in this boat because of his old AD, right, uh, who came up with this rule. But um, I, I personally, when piggyback what Kyle said, this rule only hurts baseball players. It doesn't hurt your football players, you know. They play 10 games a year. They have all summer to get ready for 10 games, one game a week. Um, you know, we all know Missouri weather in the spring can be so crazy. So you don't always get all of your games in. And if your kids, you know, if your kids want to stay with, you know, we played close to 100 games last summer as a, as a program, um, you know, but they did away with the contact days also, uh, you know, last summer. But um, I mean, I, I think within reason, I think every school district should be able to police that themselves um, with all of their coaches. But I, I think if your kids want to play with you, they should get to do that. You know, you shouldn't, you know, I understand the rule, but God, that, that, that's a, such a bad rule for baseball kids. Fair enough. Coach McGee. Yeah, I totally agree with the, the postseason, especially, you know, uh, you're playing a, a sectional game at a, on a Tuesday at a four 30. And you wonder why baseball fans and attendance and your school spirit is down. Uh, why, why those things can't be on a Friday, Saturday, uh, you know, there's enough neutral site turf fields that we could do that kind of stuff and and do a double elimination like you guys have said with the regional. Uh, and then obviously the contact days, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, the contact days has made situations worse. If you've got a football, baseball kid, uh, sometimes the coaches uh, try to schedule on top of each other and expect every kid to be at everything. And it makes it harder on a kid. But uh, I think the other thing that I would change here in Missouri is the dead week right before baseball starts. You know, you, you've got this past week, our, our guys were able to throw one day. We had one day of school this week. Uh, this coming week, we may not have any school uh, because of the snow and ice. Then it's going to be 50, but no one can be at the school throwing or doing anything because of this uh, dead week. So we're going to go the first, you know, we've had kids that have been throwing and now three weeks off uh, before the first uh, day of, of practice. I think that's not a way to keep kids safe and healthy. Um, you know, the it's just... Uh, I guess overall, I think all of us would say that our state does not treat baseball like that big of a deal. And our state, when you look at who all we send to college and professional sports, it's far more in baseball than any other endeavor in this state. Um, so it, it is a big deal in our state talent wise. And so I think our state needs to treat it that way. Great. Coach Darby. Um, I agree with Coach Howe as far as the, you know, what he said contact days and everything like that. Um, one thing I would change though, and, you know, with reason, within reason, you have to, you know, uh, case by case basis, um, the scheduling, you know, you get 20 games in one tournament or 18 games in two tournaments. We all know what Missouri Springs are like. So sometimes, you know, you may get 10 games rained out and then you're scrambling just to try to fill a schedule. So, um, you know, put limitations on it, but don't make them so strict, you know, make a cap it somewhere. But, um, you know, some teams will go, they'll drop down to 16 games and three tournaments, but their tournaments are allowing them to play six games in a tournament or whatever the case when, um, you know, at least for us smaller schools, we don't ever get those big tournaments. So 
you know, make it within reason, but you don't necessarily have to, to cap it and make it a hard cap where you can't play any more than, um, than what, you know, what they're capping it at. But at the same time, um, you know, the contact days has, has ruined a lot of things as well, because at a school our size, we got football, basketball, and baseball all going in the summer, and we have soccer. So trying to split kids, you know, four different ways and trying to get them to show up and trying to collaborate with all the other coaches and make it doable is, is extremely hard, especially for a small school and, you know, not a pity me answer, but, um, you know, that collaboration has to take part and you have to be able to make it work with everybody on deck or, or, you know, all, all aspects are going to fail essentially. Hey, Tony, Tony wanted to apologize. He had to, he had to leave real quick. He may be back, okay. but some people came to his house. So, he wanted me to apologize, so he probably has practice, but <laughs> no worries. Jer, who's up next? Is my audio working? Yeah, you're good now. Okay, all right. I had to switch over to my AirPods here. Kyle, I'm going to get to you because I know your wife may uh, strangle me here if I don't uh, get you <laughs> off of this thing at your at your current location here. Um you know, Brian mentioned, you know, I mentioned it. We all three worked together for a long time at Jeff City, and you took over as a head coach here a few years ago. And, you know, I, I know there'll be a lot of people from Jeff City listening to this. Um, we obviously built a pretty successful program that, that's been able to sustain itself for quite a while now. What's your plans? You know, we got a new high school here in town, and, you know, me and you've talked about it a little bit. Uh, what's your plans for kind of sustaining the program and, and just keeping it going? Well, when you guys, the first want to say, when you guys were talking about negative 13, um, I don't want to rub it in, but I'm actually in Florida right now. Uh, it is 75 degrees, um, but that's beside the point. Um, no, so I, I, I thought a Jared, little bit about turn his this. Audio off. Turn his audio off. We don't turn him off. Anymore. Just turn just him kick off. him out. Yeah, just <laughs> kick him out. It's over. Uh, so I thought a little bit about this. Um, so I actually – Right before uh, COVID hit uh, last year, I uh, met with the Boys and Girls Club uh, director, and um, I was trying to figure out a way to get um, more diversity, um, try to get some more African-Americans to come out. Um, and I was like, you know what, let's start there and, and see where it takes us. Uh, COVID hits, we kind of started the process, and um, COVID hits, and it, it kind of just we, we kind of lost everything since then they've gotten a new director, uh, been in contact with him actually over the last month, um, to try to figure out that, you know, I think in the 11 years I've been at Jeff city, uh, eight as an assistant and three now as a head coach and Brian, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We've only had two African Americans, um, at Jeff city. And for myself, I feel like, there needs to be uh, our team needs to be a little bit more diverse, especially from the side of town where I'm at. And, um, you know, so that's, that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, obviously your feeder, your feeder programs, which um, coach McGee, I'm, I'm looking to talk, talk to you about how you're getting this thing going uh, at such a young age and getting guys in there that, you know, players in that are they're going to be going and feeding into your high school um, because that's just something that we can't seem to figure out. Uh, we have a feeder team. 
Uh, we do have team kids on that team that will feed into Jeff City, but we also have kids that will feed into Blair Oaks on that team and Capital City, which is the new high school in town. So we're trying to figure out a way to to make it a Jeff City feeder team, um, but it, we're just in a tough area where it's it's hard to do. Um, so any feedback from you guys on that would be great um, because. Like I said, I'm looking for a way to, uh, you know, I know with Perkins and, and Coach Wilson, you guys, you know, in St. Louis and Kansas City, you guys battle with obviously, you know, big schools around your area too. Um, you know, how you how do you keep those guys going and how do you get guys out? Um, you know, whereas you guys are just in a such a big area to where, you know, you guys just get those players. Um, so, about it you know i know running the express for a while here which was the feeder program when we just had the one high school here it was it was a lot easier you know because you're just dealing with that but you know when you when you've got multiple schools and multiple places people will go or you got numbers down and you got to be able to you know you got eight kids that are on a team but now you need 11 and you know so it's like you got to take whoever the heck you you definitely can take and you know, I think that's a pretty good segue. You know, we can come back to that. Uh, Coach Darby, I'm going to I'm gonna hit you here with this question. You know, you're right outside of Kansas City up there. You said you're class two school, you know, which brings with it its own challenges. And I'm just kind of curious with, you know, talking about numbers of kids. I remember listening at the clinic one year. You know, we had a guy come in. I can't remember where he was from, but he said, we're working day one. He was from a class one school. Th this is how you catch the ball you know, for some of these kids instead of like, we're ready to go have practice. You know, how, how do you make that work? How can you stay successful uh, at that level? Well, like Kyle was talking about, um, after my third year as the head coach, um, I actually got my best friend on as an assistant. He was at Putnam County for a few years and then he came down and got a teaching job and he's my top assistant now. Um, we started brainstorming on how to develop a, a feeder program like Kyle was talking about and Basically what we did was we started from scratch. Um, we gave it a name, we went to the elementary school and we introduced it and we recruited all these younger kids. And then, you know, we called it the Prospects Club and we'd bring them in once a month. And, you know, you know one month, it'd be, you know, two hours a day and some days we would just work on fielding and how we teach, you know, our, our footwork or maybe it's hitting the next day and, and we or the next month and we're teaching how we teach hitting. So then, you know, they're getting that once a month, but then that adds up year after year after year until they finally get to your program. But, um, you know, once they get to high school, our average class size is anywhere from 50 to 70, usually falls right in that 60 range. So um, right now I've got five kids in each class. So this is going to be my smallest team. I'll have 20 kids. I usually average about 28. Um, but to be completely honest with you, um, you know, Lone Jack hasn't been really successful in anything um, athletic wise on the boys side. So we go, we get out and recruit those kids. Um, we had 18 at one point this year, I think. And so the last two weeks, we kind of sat down and went through the rosters of each grade and tried to find kids that were playing other sports that we thought could help us. So we recruit those kids. Um, we'll get kids that, you know, we like to say they, they don't, or excuse me, baseball doesn't need them. They need baseball. Um, they may be a kid that's never going to help you. Um, you know, there's a kid example from last year that 
um, we, they have to pass a conditioning test in order to pick up a baseball. And um, when he passed that conditioning test, he picked me up and gave me a big old bear hug and thanked me. And, you know, that kind of opened my eyes. And I know that, you know, you guys that are at bigger schools, you can't take every kid. And so it's a little bit different for me, but we get out and recruit. We take any kid we can. Um, we have a, what we call a diamond club, which is an off-season program. Um, they have to make 100% of open gyms, 95% of Meals U, which is our mentorship, um, 90% of open fields, and then 80% of long toss and weights. And the way that we get them to do that is, and you guys can attest to this, um, it's a materialistic society now with kids. They want gear, they want recognition, they want clicks and different things like that. So, um, you know, we get them exclusive gear. So it may be an Under Armour jacket, a book bag, a beanie, something like that, that they only get that. Um, so we give them incentives to come to that open field stuff. And that's really contributed to our success. Um, I had a kid my first year that was for class two, he said about 82, 83. So we knew every time we were going to give him the ball, we would be successful. And like I said, we hadn't been that successful in any sport. So kids started to see that success and, um, you know, wanted to be a part of it. So that kind of um, sprung us into, you know, big numbers and having kids come out, but keeping them committed. Um, another thing that we do, you know, again, class two, we try to make the locker room as, as clubhouse as possible. You know, we have a full size ping pong table in there. We'll bring couches in there. We have TVs in there. Um, just give them a place to hang out and, and develop that camaraderie. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we finish practice at five 30 and they'll be in there playing ping pong till six, six 15. So just trying to develop that culture and, and that camaraderie and, um, you know, with that, that culture, you have to learn about the kid. You have to ask you know, what mom and dad do, what brother and sister, you know, how old they are and take an interest in the kid himself in order for him to give you everything he's got. So I think that's helped us from a success standpoint. You know, when a kid knows that you're invested in him from, you know, an individual standpoint, not just as a player, he's going to give you everything he has. But, um, you know, just Diamond Club recruiting or, you know, your offseason incentive stuff. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have, you know, next man up mentality. We have to get as many kids out as possible and and we can't just plug and play. So we got to develop all the time. So um, that's what's helped us in the past is a smaller school. But um, if anybody has suggestions on on how to enhance any of that, I would gladly take them. You know, I don't know if. Uh if I save the best for last here, but, uh, Brian, you ready? So I think you would agree. Kyle would definitely agree. Maybe some others on here. I can be a handful at best some days. And I remember one time you saying, you got to trust your coaches. You got to let your assistants coach the game because if you don't, then what do you even have them for? And, what kind of, uh, I guess, words of wisdom or would you have for somebody listening to this that coming into a new staff or, or having trouble and wanting to try to control everything? Well, I think it took me a while, to be honest with you. Um, you got to understand, when I first started coaching, my head first coaching job, I was coaching at a class one school. Um, and then I moved to Kansas coached at a class three school, which is kind of like a class two school here in Missouri, moved back to Missouri. I coached at a class two. They, we got bumped up to class three at Blair Oaks my last year. Then I go to Jeff city. We were class four. Then we got bumped up to class five. We had five classes. So I literally coached at every class in Missouri. 
And at the smaller schools, I, I'm, I was so used to having literally one assistant coach, and that was it. And we pretty much had a varsity JV team, and we both co-coached it, and that's how we rolled. Um, so I remember going to Jeff City. That was the most difficult for me, I guess, was trusting the coaches because, number one, I didn't know who you guys were. Um, and, I, and I know trying to hire guys when we had a couple coaches leave, uh, I was able to hire some guys I kind of knew and then was able to retain you. And then, you know, you pull on, you know, bring in Steve Allhead and, you know, Kyle, some guys like that, that, you know, and you trust it just, to me, I think the biggest thing is if you don't trust your coaches and you don't allow them to do their job, then why are they even there? I mean, basically, I mean, what it comes down to. And to be honest with you, I was kind of doing it long enough and I was getting old enough. It's like, I didn't care to do all that extra stuff that I used to do. I'll be honest with you. Um, and if, if my assistants can make my job easier, that's what I want. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, that's why not? So, um, and at Southern Boone, I've got a really good situation there too. I've got the same amount of coaches I did at Jeff city and they're tremendous. And the, the, it's a little more unique there. Cause I got guys that are actually head coaches of other sports. So they're not quite as involved with the off season stuff, but um, I've been very, I mean, I've been very lucky. I've, you know, having you guys and then the guys I have now, it's just, it's been, uh, it's been pretty cool. But yeah, I, all these guys, they have great assistants. You know, I know Justin's had several different, you know, assistants come along his way and they've never missed a beat, you know, um, because he hires the right guys. Same thing with Dave. I think Kyle's been with you since you've been at Staley, right, Dave? You know, Kyle's going to have the same kind of, you know, guys. And I know Dustin does. And I, I know Scott. I know he at least has one because he's the same guy that when he first uh, took over the Willard program going down there when I first started Jeff City, the same guy's still there. I can't remember his name. Sorry, Coach. But um, so we all know the value in that. Um, I just think it's hard when you're when you're a new coach or maybe you're a coach that was at a smaller school and you, you only had one assistant and you're just used to doing everything that was what the biggest change for me was. And then once you guys showed me that, Hey, I can do all this stuff. I was like, well, let's, let's go to work. So pretty easy after that. I think the, I think the biggest thing when you're hiring coaches, um, and I, I, you know, I, I tell my guys all the time that philosophy wise, maybe a little bit different. If you're thinking about hiring a coach, they already know the game of baseball, whether it's just a pitching coach or catching or infield hitting, whatever you already know that part. Uh, my biggest thing, and, and it takes a few conversations, is I got to know my assistant coaches have my back no matter what, right? You know, and, and, and I think that's the most important thing with assistant coaches um, because I think that something that can derail a program in a hurry um, is, you know, is an assistant coach with an agenda or is going to be that person talking to those parents. But you got you to gotta make sure those assistant coaches have your back no matter what. And I've been – super fortunate you know i've as we all will say and i think brian said and some other people said we all think and know we have the greatest coaching staffs in the state and uh you know and i I think that's i think that's most important thing and it does make our job so much easier so much more enjoyable um you know so you're just not stressed to the max on those things this is great stuff guys this is awesome. And uh, we're probably keeping you over your time. And I know Kyle's trying to get to the sunshine. I think I might delay him a little bit longer, though, just because I'm jealous. But, you know, me, I'm the youth coach in the group. And in my mind, 
because I don't know nearly as much about baseball as anybody on this screen or anybody probably else who's going to listen to this. The two things that I try and teach the kids are a, how to come to practice and B how to get their own stuff ready for practice. So it's their job to have that stuff ready. I tell them all, you can't drive here. So if you're late, cause mom or dad had to work, I get it. But if you're late because you didn't have your glove or your hat or anything else, that's on you. Right. And just how to come to practice. So, Hopefully once they get to you all, um, you don't have to worry about too much of that. Cause I call JR all the time and I ask him for, Hey, we're working on this. This kid can't, he's struggling with this. How do I, how do I help that? And he's got those ideas. I don't because I just don't have that experience. Now, if we were talking about a uh, ping pong coach, I'm, I'm your guy, man. I'm the, I'm the one who could play down there, coach Darby. So, you know, anytime you want the kids to learn, you just let me know. Or if we're talking about football, I could do that too. Um, I want to take the last, we'll go through this last little bit, take 30 seconds, 45, whatever you want, shout out your team, talk about them, call out whoever you want. We'll start with Coach Tao up there at Rockbridge. I know they're like mortal enemies to JC from the stories I've heard, but we're going to, we're going to get through it anyway. So uh, Coach Tao, whoever you want to shout out, and then we're going to move over to Coach Wilson and down the line and Laz, we, we won't hold you for last, although I'm tempted. Just kidding. Yeah, we, ahead, we, uh, we sometimes are probably considered the evil empire at times around here, but, um, you know, coach Lasley actually played for me. And when I was an assistant coach, you know, we all have connections, um, that run really deep. And I think that's what makes this whole thing so fun. And this was a lot of fun. So thank you guys for, for, for having us do this. Um, but yeah, for us, um, this is, this will be a much different year for, and a much different look for Rockbridge. Um, it's going to be a process for us and, uh, we're a big process versus results uh, mindset anyhow. And so we're really, as a coaching staff, going to have to instill that until um, the very end. Uh, my, my hope, and, and mainly because, as I said earlier, um, I don't have a guy with varsity experience this year. I don't have, uh, you know, the, the two SEC pitchers that are right down the road at Missouri on my staff anymore. Um, you know, I've got one D2 commit um, that, that uh, is going to Quincy. And then, and, but yet he's never got a varsity hitter out in the spring, you know, so – um, for us, we're very young. We have a small uh, senior and junior class. So it's going to be a lot of fun in one sense because there's going to be a lot of coaching involved. Um, but there's going to be some times I think, you know, we're probably beating our head against the wall a little bit because we're going to make mistakes. And, uh, you know, I've already been speaking with my assistant saying, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have to probably coach a little bit different, um, a little more patience. And so hopefully that by the end that uh, nobody will want to play us in district. Awesome. Coach Wilson, what do you got? Well, first off, thank you to Duke and, and JR for allowing me to, to be on this. I've loved it and feel very humbled to, to get to talk on, on something like this. Um, and then the coaches that are on here, and some of you I've known a long time, um, and I wish Tony was still on here, but a lot of the baseball that I've learned over the last 25 years and the friendships that I've had have come from other head coaches that live the same world uh, that I live. And, uh, man, I've been able to rely on them at times, uh, you know, when you're having going through a tough period of coaching. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, and, and I tell every young coach as you go through, uh, you're going to start to find out that some of the guys that you compete on the field with are some of your best friends. And uh, so anyways, uh, to tell you a little bit about Staley, um, I have one player. Uh, that was that has played varsity 
uh, going into this year. So, you know, I will have an older team, but um, the toughest part is I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to see them compete in a lot of game action. So I'm going to be learning a lot about those players, even though they're seniors, you know, a lot of them uh, either played JV or played on our sophomore team the last time we had a season. So, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like uh, they're working hard. Uh, we've had a great uh, off season in the weight room and uh, but I'm, I'm really anxious and I think there'll be days we've got a tough schedule this year. So I think there'll be some tough days. Uh, you know, we're going to play good opponents and we're going to have to play well, but I'm excited also because of the fact that from day one, you know, I'm going to be learning so much about them. So uh, look, looking forward to the season as always, and uh, to, uh, to have the opportunity to play. I'll, I'll see a few of the coaches uh, that were on the show, and uh, it, it's always fun. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Coach. Coach Laz, what do you got? Yeah, thank you, uh, JR and Bill, for uh, allowing me to, to join this. I think I might be the probably the youngest one on here um, and maybe the only one without a state championship, but uh, so it's definitely a privilege to be on here with these guys. Um, and, you know, I actually, my mom, uh, you know, talking about just past is uh, my mom actually used to watch Dave Wilson's kids. And so Dave and I, uh, I used to talk a little bit about, we talked a little bit all about, uh, you know, back in the day and then, you know, with Tao, being an assistant coach when I was there at Rockbridge after graduating in 2006, um, you know, so many conversations and Brian, everything he's done for me over the last uh, 11 years at Jeff City. Um, my team got 13 seniors, um, just a really, really good group of guys, uh, probably more importantly than players. Um, they just, they're, they love the weight room. They love uh, each other. Um, and, uh, pitching, uh, will be very strong. Defense will be very strong. Um, it, the question will come down to if we're going to be able to put up the magic number of six to seven runs, um, to stay in game. So we'll be very competitive. Um, but you know, with not having anything last year, we'll see, I got five guys that started for me as sophomores, um, and they'll start for me again this year. And, um, you know, hopefully just with the experience and the senior, the senior class, um, we can kind of get things rolling off in the right foot. So. Sounds great, coach. Thanks for being here. Coach McGee. Yeah. yeah just wanted to kind of echo a couple of things here real quick. Um, I think what sets baseball coaches apart is how much respect we have for each other. Uh, you know, I've also coached basketball and football and, and the jealousy and hatred uh, from coach to coach and some of that. And like you have co coaches at a conference who won't even speak to each other. Um, you know, that just doesn't happen in baseball. It's such a community game. Even here as, as coaches is, is pretty cool. Uh, baseball wise, we have eight returning varsity hits, uh, five all by the same kid. Uh, five of them are bunt hits. So uh, we, we have three non-bunt hits returning in our program. You know, we, we graduated uh, 15 seniors a year ago and that was uh, going to be kind of our, our team. You know, that was the best one we had had. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be, we're going to struggle. We're going to, we're going to hit multiple sophomores in the middle of the order who've never even been to a varsity game. Like they've never even watched one. Uh, so that's going to be a, a totally different world for those guys. And um, I do think that we have some good young talent and I think we have some older kids who are intelligent about baseball 
haven't gotten a chance to play yet. But, uh, you know, we play uh, Rockbridge, our last regular season game on, on May 12th. And I won't be surprised if both of us are have a, a fairly average-ish record but are both playing really well at that time. They're going to be tough to knock out of districts. So I think that's going to be that kind of a year. It's um, I'm, I'm excited just like to echo what Justin said, you know, you've got to play and uh, we'll get a chance to coach this year. Uh, just totally different. I mean, uh, you know, I, I had some really talented kids that you had to coach as an individual. We're going to, have to coach the entire game now. Um, so that's going to be really pretty cool to, to get back into. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Great. Thanks. Coach Ash. Well, <clears throat> thanks, Jr. Thanks, Bill, for having us, um, you know, and, and, and going back off what Scott said last year, you know, I'll be honest with you, you and Justin, I, you are two of the guys, and even Dave, but you're two of the guys I felt almost as sorry for as anybody that lost that season. I really did because I knew what you guys had. Um, it just, I couldn't imagine. We were young. We were going to be very young last year, uh, but talented. So I pretty much have all my starters back that were going to be starting for me last year. Um, you know, I've got a pretty deep pitching staff for our class, class four. Um, we don't hit particularly well, but I've got two, three guys that can, that can really throw it and we'll play, we'll play solid D. So we've got a good little group of uh, guys, got a solid freshman class, got some good kids coming in behind. So we're looking to be kind of, we're trying to sustain a level of success. Um, and then obviously the exciting thing for me is I got a son that will be coming up through um, quicker than I would like, but uh, he'll be a sixth grader entering middle school. So I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, for me as a dad, um, being able to coach your own kid, I know Justin's been able to do that. Dave's been able to do that. Um, it just, to me, I'm more excited about that than anything. I just can't wait for it to get here. Now, when it's all said and done, a lot of things to go wrong, I guess. But um, based off with talking to those guys, they said it's the best experience ever. So those are things I look forward to uh, kind of down in, in the, into the future. So uh, I love my group. Uh, we're going to be – so we haven't won a district since 2003, I think, in baseball four, back when I think Coach Dotson was the baseball coach. So it's been a long time at Southern Boone. So it's, it's time. So and we, we're hoping this year we can at least make a push. Well, for those listening, Brian's son is like 12 going on 30 is, a, is about how to describe him. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Coach Darby, what do you got? Um, you know, first of all, thank, for, thank you for letting me come on here. Um, you know, I know Kyle said that he's probably the only one without a state title, but when Coach Ash asked me if I was willing to be on here, I said, I can't contribute to anything on here. Um, back in – November probably of 2019 I reached out to coach Ash and just asked to pick his brain and he's become a good friend and he introduced me to coach Wilson at Staley down at Nashville at the ABCA clinic and um, you know like coach McGee said you know baseball coaches are willing to share and and be cordial with everybody so I appreciate all that um, as far as the Lone Jack Mules go um, we won districts in 2019 and we lost one kid off of that team going into this year. Um, granted, he was an all-state catcher, but, um, you know, I'm pretty sure we're probably all guilty of saying, you know, play every game like it's your last. You don't know when they can take it away from you. And, you know, I think my kids fully take that into account now after last year. So um, we got some kids coming back. We're, we'll be strong on the hill. And um, we lost one, our kid that was going to catch for us this year, he tore a knee up in football. So 
we're going to be down one behind the plate, but um, we should be pretty solid. You know, you like your chances when you bring back uh, seven or eight starters on a district team, you know, when three of them were freshmen and three were sophomores. So uh, we'll be okay. But again, I appreciate you guys having me on here and, and, you know, letting me speak for a lower class program. I just want to thank everybody, you know, here in closing for coming on. It's, uh, you know, it's amazing to get all these people on here. And I mentioned at the beginning that, you know, this, this is to me the best, of the best. And, you know, all of you guys mentioned that we've, we've all known each other for such a long time and such a long, and I hope, uh, you know, I hope Wyrick's tutoring session went well for him here since he couldn't, uh, since he couldn't make it, but, uh, you know, it he is, was mentoring, is. not tutoring. Yeah, he whatever he was doing with his uh, whatever he's got going. But, uh, you know, a couple of you guys mentioned it, how we're all willing to share. That doesn't mean we're not competitive, you know, and, and I think baseball coaches are we can get extremely competitive with each other sometimes. But, uh, you know, we all we all made really good friendships over the years. It was awesome having everybody on. So I know Bill usually does the closing, but I'm going to do it. Uh, for this one, you know, for process, preparation, and performance. Appreciate everybody coming on, and we will see you soon. Peace out.